Welcome to the Champions Cast here on ZeldaDungeon.net. My name is Andy Spateri, joined by the one and only Allison Aletha. Al, how you doing? I am doing peachy keen. I had another productive weekend, so I'm feeling pretty pretty good and accomplished. How are you doing? Al, I am so tired. I'm so tired. Uh, I was telling you earlier... We got up at three in the morning, and I've been up since since three. But we did it. We got our puppy, and we've named him Lincoln. So our pup is named Little Link. Link That's, the pup. He's, he's very so cute. cute. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Welcome to like a parenthood, basically. You know, a know, puppy right? is basically a baby. And I know I'm gonna get room for that, but like, <laughs> it's good. It's like a lot of work, and you have to get up at night and make sure he goes to the bathroom and all that kind of stuff. So I'm sure you're in for it. But he's so cute. Yeah, he he is super cute. Uh, and also PSA: if you hear some weird noises, it's probably either Link the pup or Zora the cat making growling noises at each other because uh, they're <laughs> they're still figuring their stuff out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's been awesome. If any of you guys want to see pictures of uh, of Link the pup, uh, head on over to Zelda Dungeon Discord or just check out uh, me. Check me out on Twitter, Spateri three sixteen. Um, Allison, let's try and make it through this episode here today. My brain is is half cooked. I've got like three coffees in my system, but <laughs> luckily, uh, luckily we are just doing something light, something breezy, and something easy today. We're just uh, Somebody suggested that we just go and give our two cents on some of the the last couple daily debates on the website. And by God, that seemed like a great idea. So that's exactly what we are going to do today. Yes, sounds perfect. I'm excited. Um, A lot of our writing staff comes up with such awesome daily debate questions. So I'm excited to put my two cents in. Absolutely. I love leeching off of other people's work and ideas. (laughs) That's that's my favorite thing to do. Um, Before we get going, though, I do want to say that uh, the next two weeks of the podcast are going to be celebrating the 20th anniversary, if you can believe it, the 20th anniversary of The Legend of Zelda Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons. Uh, I started playing Ages as soon as we were done recording our podcast last week, Al, and I'm almost done. So that is up first. Next week is going to be an Oracle of Ages retrospective, and you had never played Ages so far. Can you give us like a sneak peek of your thoughts? Um, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> I, my my yeah. my <laughs> <Okay. laughs> my goal was to like. Uh, so here's the thing: I haven't even played Seasons in so long, so I'm going to be playing Seasons two after this. Um, but my goal was to try and do it like with my own brain and not use a guide or anything. But I think in order to get it done quickly, I might have to use a guide because I can see myself playing this for hours and hours trying to just do it myself. But in order in order for podcasting purposes and uh, celebrating yeah. the anniversary purposes, I might have to use a guide. Uh, I made it to Dungeon 7, and then I was just like, nope, I, I, gotta, I gotta use a guide to get the hell out of here. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
So I'm, I'm about to roll credits on Ages. So that's coming next week. And then the week after that, we're going to hit up Seasons. And uh, we are going to rank those dungeons definitive style. It feels like a while since we've done that. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for that, actually. It, it has been a while. I feel like the last one we did was either A Link Between Worlds or Wind Waker. I can't even remember. Mm-hmm, yeah. So those I'm are, excited. Those are fun apps, too. Yeah, yeah. I, I do like those. Um, and of course, we have uh, we have Oracle Week going on at the website. That's running from uh, I believe the twenty second to uh, the, for the rest of the week. So uh, lots of Oracle content on Zelda Dungeon, and uh, I'm excited to dive into those two games. You know, I, I know it's cliche, but man, those games if they were remade, my God, what a what a great package that would be together. Um, especially with all the linked game secrets that you can get in between them, just having that on one cartridge would just be, hmm. Yeah, I'm. You know, I kind of wonder. We have the 35th anniversary coming up, and we're hoping for an announcement soon of some kind. But you know, having it coincide pretty well with the 20th anniversary of the Oracle games, it just feels it feels so natural that the Oracle games would be the next ones to be remade, if if any at all. It just kind of feels like they're the next in line. Yeah, and and I guess we should also say the difference between remade and uh, like an HD port, because I think yeah. Skyward Sword is getting an HD port. I right. think the Oracle games would be like ground up remade. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, in, in much the same way that Link's Awakening was. So yeah, exactly. I, we'll we'll see, uh, and hopefully we do get that because I would I would love to, because these uh, you know and maybe we're giving away some stuff from next week, but like these games have a lot of the same kind of quality of life um, drawbacks that the original Link's Awakening do, and they don't ruin the game by any means, but, you know, it, it is. It would be nice to just have one dedicated sword button, one dedicated uh, jump button, etc., etc. So, yeah, I, uh, I got my fingers crossed. I, Yeah, I don't want to give any more away, though. For, we'll, we'll save yeah, it for next week. Exactly. Sounds good. Uh, what we won't save for next week is a bunch of daily debate questions here that we're going to uh, opine on, so let's get it started. <laughs> um, Allison B., from our writing team all the way from the uk had a great question would you like to see the ancient robots return uh allison i feel like i know your answer yes i mean why not they're so cute i i have a love-hate relationship with scrapper from uh, skyward sword he's kind of fun even though he's a little bit of a jerk to link but i i think they're i think they're an interesting um it's kind of weird to say species because they're robotic but species in the mm -hmm. zelda series that we barely got it's like one of those one-off uh species that we've got and it's like we didn't really get much more from them it kind of feels like it would play into the ancient sheikah technology well you know with breath of the wild because it's like such an ancient long time ago civilization so i'd i'd be excited to see them again heck yeah 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 I, I like great answer that uh that took took the words out of my mouth you know i feel like because we've got another question that's sort of similar to this uh, a little bit later on down the line. Um, I feel like I'm always down to see these one-off kind of creatures that have existed come back. And, uh, you know, let's just get to that question actually right now. David okay. Lasby asked if they if Nintendo should bring back the Anuki in any future Zelda games. And uh, for anybody that doesn't know, like like I forgot that these guys existed before last year. <laughs> um, they're the little they're little ice guys from Phantom Hourglass and Spirit Tracks that uh, there's a liar in the village and you have to, to suss out which one is uh, telling the truth the and which imposter. one isn't. <laughs> yeah. 
So, yeah, you know, I, I feel like I'm always in favor of seeing these races come back. Uh, I think the Magma coming back would be fantastic. Mm, I think that yeah. the Anuki coming back would be fantastic. The robots, they just make a whole lot of sense. The Sabrosians from uh, from the Oracle games, I think, would be great. Um, you know what? Why not? And Breath of the Wild clearly showed us that, like, you know, Nintendo isn't too, too worried with the canon. Uh, they're, you know, they're playing fast and loose. You've got Rito and Zora there existing in the same world. So, like, why not? Why can't you have a section of Hebra that has Anuki hanging out in it? Or, like, oh, maybe cute. in the in the ancient, uh, uh, that, that temple with, like, a million guardians inside of it. Why couldn't there be uh, the ancient robots at the end, right? Like, why not? Yeah, exactly. And you know, I think that I think that with the direction that the Zelda series is going after Breath of the Wild, like it just it just feels natural to kind of bring some of these things back. You know, there's always new ideas and that's great, but it when you haven't seen these little these little Anuki guys for, you know, since 2007, it's like, yeah, why not reuse them kind of go back to old ideas and it would feel new enough. You know what I mean? You know, in in it's not even like going back to old ideas necessarily, but like I kind of I kind of view it as like paying homage to, you know, the series in general. Like, you know, we we did have these these species and like, yeah, they're kind of a one off. But um, here's like a small little town that or a small little settlement in Breath of the Wild 2 where these these, these Anuki guys live or whatever. Right. Like I, I just like for all of the in Breath of the Wild, there's so many just different pockets of settlements and, and stables and towns and stuff why not make one of them the anuki or, or why not make one of them the magma or, or whatever right like yeah um it would it would make the fans that know those characters and know those species happy um it would be a nice way to pay homage to what came before you and it, you know what it would be a good way to introduce new fans to those characters too you know i could totally see a new fan being like like what the hell is an anuki and then he's just like oh <laughs> They're in Phantom Hourglass. Maybe I should pick up Phantom Hourglass and see what these guys are oh, all about. Oh, there you go. And yeah. You know what? I, I feel like there's no drawback to it. So I'm I'm basically always in favor of other species and stuff coming back. Yeah, I I would agree with that. I I'm also on board for it. Let's do it. Bring them back. All right, our own Rod Lloyd ask this great question which character from hyrule warriors age of calamity is most misunderstood from a gameplay perspective maybe we should put a slight spoiler warning here too if you're if you don't want to hear this maybe fast forward uh a minute and a half let's say what do you think oh this is kind of hard i've heard a lot of negative things about um terrico which i feel is weird because i like terrico and i like playing as terrico so I don't know some of some of the people that I ha- have talked to about playing this game. They just don't like maybe because he's so small or something, and he beeps a lot. I don't know. Like I feel like his gameplay is good. He's a fast little character, and he's cute. Like he just beeps around. I love it. So I don't know. I just felt like that was kind of an odd thing to hear. Yeah, um, I I really love playing as Terrico too. The controlling the lasers can be a little tough, I think, to get down pat. Uh, you know what, to be honest, um, the most criticism for characters I've heard has been like the Hestus and the Great Fairies and the Daruks because, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. obviously they're slow. And and I would tend to agree with that, even though we had a writer join the team who was very much in defense of Hestu and said that they were the, the best character on the roster. Um, I would maybe say Yonobu I've warned up 
I've warmed up to him a little bit in his kind of style of play. Um, but I, I don't have a good answer for this, actually, because I feel like my knowledge of the gameplay in Age of Calamity is, like, fairly shallow. Mm. You know, I, I kind of like doing... Not what's easiest, but, like, I'm just... It's it's so complex, like, all the seals and stuff like that. Like, just give me Link, give me a good weapon, give me an easy, straightforward way to deal damage, and, like, I'm totally down for that, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. And, you know, I, there is somebody out there that likes, you know, the Great Fairy or whatever, and so they they might feel like that character is a little bit misunderstood. Um, maybe... Maybe in my gameplay after the fact, after we kind of ranked the characters, I did get a little bit more used to Daruk. So I would say that, you know, he's slow and kind of blumbering around, but he, he's got he's got some power to him. So I could, I could say that he's misunderstood, but definitely has some good perks to playing with him. There you go. Um, all right. Uh, Heather has a really good question here. Would the Zelda series work with a main character other than Link? So, Allison, maybe we should set some ground rules here because, you know, we do have games that are Zelda games, but they don't star Link or anything like that. Like, we have the Tingle games. Uh, we have uh, Wand of Gamelon and stuff. Maybe, I, I think what Heather's talking about is, like, a mainline, main entry Zelda game. Yeah. And you know what? I, I think that um, I think that it could work. I think that it could work. Uh, and it's funny, because I actually just answered this exact same question about Metroid on the Omega Metroid podcast. Um, but I, I think that if you if you did it in a certain way with a, with a certain story, that it could definitely work. Um, your, my, your natural instinct would be to play as Zelda. I would actually maybe say that you play as a new character, just a, like a completely brand new character to the series, and you can kind of... Imagine, imagine the setting is like Ganon is back, and and you could really play around with this too, and change the settings into like a futuristic setting or whatever. But let's just imagine that like Ganon is back, and the other two holders of the Triforce are missing, like they're gone. There's no Link, there's no Zelda. You're playing as this new character, and your your goal is twofold. One, it's to stop Ganon, but two, it's the search for Zelda and Link, and you can kind of make it like where you're playing as this character, but eventually you do find Zelda and you do find Link and they're more like supporting characters in this role. It, it would kind of be like, um, for any of you Metal Gear Solid players out there, it would kind of be like when Raiden took over the main gig in Metal Gear Solid 2 from Solid Snake. Snake was still there. He was still an important part of the story, but Raiden was your was your main guy in that game. And I think that if you position that in a similar way, it, it could work. I think that you're going to you know, you're going to have some backlash no matter what if Link isn't playable. Yeah. Um, and I think that uh, Zelda as the playable character would maybe lessen that. But I, I think that the scenario that I just laid out would actually be pretty enticing to me. Yeah, I mean, I, when I saw this question, I did think of a couple ideas. You know, obvious being Zelda. I've always wanted to play Skyward Sword from Zelda's perspective. I feel like she goes on quite the adventure and... Um, it would always it would just be interesting to see her side of the story. So I could totally see that being a game completely. Um, another idea I've always had fun playing with is like maybe a reverse, like a flip on who the hero and who the bad guy is. So like you know if you got to play as Ganondorf and he was the good guy for once, that would be kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, like you were saying, maybe like a totally different person. One of my favorite book series is about like reincarnated, these three reincarnated people. And sometimes 
one of them or two of them are missing so other people have to deal with the situation with the one person so I could totally see that happening where you know Ganondorf is there and the other two weren't you know reincarnated so you know who's gonna step up which I mean it's kind of odd because the whole you know story is that Link uses the the sword the seal of darkness but sometimes you know the master sword isn't there so I'm sure there are mm-hmm. other ways to you know defeat Ganondorf or Ganon or whatever and so it would be kind of interesting it would be hard I'm one of those people who doesn't like change at first I will give it I will always give it a chance but I'm like dragging my feet uh the whole way so I can understand that that would be hard for some people to get used to but I think it could work just fine one of you know i mentioned metal gear solid 2 earlier al have you ever played any metal gear solid games i have not no okay first of all you got to play those but second of all (laughs) they they pulled the greatest bait and switch ever with metal gear solid 2 because you you play the prologue as snake and every piece of marketing material that they sent out was from the prologue so nobody had any idea that you weren't playing as snake until they actually purchased the game and everyone was just like what the heck is this and freaked out it was actually like awesome in retrospect, but mm. yeah, people hated it. <laughs> Ooh, actually, you know, this just made me think of something, and I haven't played these games in so long, so nobody come at me for this, but Kingdom Hearts 2, you play as a different character for a good chunk of the game. You play as Roxas instead of Sora. You're expecting Sora because you yeah, play Kingdom true. Hearts 1, and but you come into Kingdom Hearts 2 playing as Roxas, and and I know a lot of people hated it, but I think I feel like nowadays people love Roxas, so like... I could totally see that being a, a a a thing that would happen too. Dude, I'm um I'm so old that I remember on the message boards before we knew Roxas's name when people called him BHK for blonde haired kid. <laughs> I didn't that's, know that. That's was how long a thing. ago we're talking about. Wow, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> oh man. Uh, okay, let's keep it. Let's keep it going. Uh, Alex asked uh, which Zelda game do you wish would have had more time in development? This is an interesting question, I think, actually, because, like, I when I read it, um, I don't I don't feel like any of the Zelda games were rushed out. In, in fact, most of the time, it's quite the opposite, where they're delayed to give them that extra, you know, polish and, and whatnot. So this is a tough one to, to answer. Um, you know, I would maybe say... One game that I would have wished had a little bit more time to develop uh, might have been the Wind Waker, and and I don't even know if it was a time like a time crunch decision. It probably wasn't. Just more of like the the stylistic decision of like I, I just would have liked to see less water and more land in that game. And I don't know if they just ran out of development time, um, if it was just uh, uh, too hard to like build another couple islands full of people. Um, mm-hmm. but I think that, I think that more islands, like more populous islands and more cities in that game would have really went, uh, a long way into like making me enjoy it more. Cause like, I mean, really you, you have dragon roost, you have, uh, what's the big island called? Windfall. Yeah. Windfall. Um, and you have, um, Link's hometown and I guess maybe the forest haven and that's kind of it. And you don't really have a whole lot of like populous places other than that so i i think like two or three more islands that are full of people would have really helped the wind waker yeah i can see what you're saying i think i might um 
cheat a little bit and say one of the HD remakes probably needed more time. I feel like Twilight Princess HD needed more time. And I'm I'm not sure. It wasn't really remade or anything. It was just, you know, they, they added some stuff and they ported it basically. But I feel like with the time that they released it, it was a good time to kind of tackle the art style a little bit. The flatness. They didn't change the flatness at all. It still looks like it came out in 2006. So I just, I kind of wish that they, I feel like they rushed it, they took it, and they were like, let's just add a couple things and port it because it's such a well-loved game. But I feel like the time that it was, they could have done so much more with it, I guess. And a lot of people were super excited for Twilight Princess HD, but it just felt the same as Twilight Princess. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. I think that Twilight Princess has the dubious honor of being one of my lesser favorite Zelda games and also probably easily the worst Zelda port, um, yeah. I think. Maybe A Link to the Past on the Game Boy might be considered <laughs> worse. I don't know. But uh, yeah, the, the, the port was just kind of... They made everything a little bit brighter. They improved the graphics a little bit, which is actually bad because by improving the graphics, you can see the art style more clearly. So that worked right. against them. Um, they didn't really add a whole lot. You know what? Maybe, maybe my answer should change and it should be this actually. Which Zelda game do you wish would have had more time in development? Uh, Triforce Heroes to make it a good game. Wow. I don't know what they were doing, (laughs) but they released this, this janky, generic, bad Zelda game. And I feel like Triforce Heroes was the first bad Zelda game. Like, you know, we, we always talk about the Zelda scale, about how we kind of rate them on a... The worst Zelda game is like an 8 out of 10, and we rate from that 8 to 10 uh, gray area there. I don't think Triforce Heroes fits in that. I think it's a bad game. And it's a it's a, it's a a bad game that has the Zelda name attached to it. So, yeah, I don't know if they if they needed more time to, to get the online working uh, or, or functional, or maybe they should have just made it for the Switch. Maybe they should have made it at all. I don't know. Oh. But uh, yeah, I'm going to change my answer actually to that game because as as kind of lame as, as all the water in Wind Waker is, it doesn't make it a bad game, uh, whereas Triforce Heroes is a bad game. Oh, that's just, that's so sad. I would never say Triforce Heroes is a bad game. I feel like it is what it was meant to be. I, I will admit that it came out like out of nowhere. I don't remember anybody ever talking about it. It was kind of like Age of Calamity where they're like, hey, look at this multiplayer Zelda game that we made. And it was like, oh, okay, well, cool, neat. I guess we're excited about that. And I, I, I think it's fine. I think it was, I think it became what it was meant to be. The Like the original idea, that's what happened. And I, I feel like that's fine. <laughs> I don't think it's too bad. Uh, 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 <laughs> let's, uh, yeah, let's, let's move on. I don't want to okay. go on another Triforce Heroes rant. <laughs> All right, uh, let's see. Heather is back with another daily debate. Uh, what is your favorite dungeon theme? Allison, can you guess mine? Uh, I'll guess yours. Actually, I think we might have the same. I'm guessing Forest for you. Yeah, Forest Temple from Ocarina of Time. Yeah, uh, same. Are we talking about like theme like like the music or um, theme like the, uh, the general theme of the dungeon? I read that as the music. Oh, I yeah, read it I re- as I read the, that as the music. I read it as the atmosphere, but we <laughs> we can answer both, I guess. Okay. So I I knew yeah, that the both. I knew Ocarina of Time Forest uh, Dun- uh, Temple was your favorite uh, theme themed music. 
Um, but right. what's you your favorite? What? I didn't know that about you, actually. I, I was going to guess uh, the Earth Temple from Wind Waker. As being my favorite theme in music, or? Yeah, like your favorite musical track. I don't know why I thought you liked that. Um, God, this is hard because I didn't think about it. Um, I might have to come back to that music one, but I also really like the forest theme, like atmosphere of dungeons, as well as like the dark ones, like the dark, creepy shadow places. Yep. Um, Forest Temple would probably still be my favorite, but in the spirit of providing a different and uh, uh, more diverse answer here, I would say, I would say, I would say, let's see. Um, I really like, I mean, the Spirit Temple is, is amazing. Uh, but you know what? I, I'm going to give some love to Twilight Princess. I really love the theme of Snow Peak. I love that you're in this mansion. It feels yeah. kind of like uh, a dungeon, but it's it's not a dungeon. It's this creepy house. Uh, it's not even my favorite dungeon in that game, but I, I think that the atmosphere and the theme really, really works. And I feel like Yeddo and Yedda are like creepy enough that they they kind of sell the whole experience. Um. Okay, yeah, I, I thought so of my Twilight Princess one. love. I thought of my music one. I'm cheating though. Um, I'm going to use like the last, like any castle theme from the last portions of the game just because of the buildup. So, like, um, A Link Between Worlds, you know, Hyrule Castle or um, Ocarina of Time, uh, Ganon's Tower or whatever, just because there's a buildup leading up to fighting the final boss. And that gets me pumped like 100% of the time. So, I'm going to go with those musical themes. Okay, okay. I didn't know that we could cheat when we were I'm, answering this question. I'm but, cheating uh, a lot in these <laughs> questions. Oh, jeez. Uh, okay, <laughs> let's let's move on uh, and let's answer Charles' daily debate here. He asks, should there be underwater swimming in Breath of the Wild 2? What do you think? I think that's a no-brainer. I feel like that is a definite direction. If, if Nintendo wants to do anything new with Breath of the Wild 2, I'm sure they have plenty of new ideas. But I'm sure that there might be some ideas that they just directly take from Breath of the Wild. Um, but this would be something new. It would let us explore an area in the Breath of the Wild map if we get to be back there that nobody has seen yet. It looks like they, they were developing it at some point. There is life down there. So I, I think it's a no-brainer. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. I I would be surprised if this didn't happen. Um, I and I would be. I think that it's a certainty uh, in some aspect that you're going to be able to go underwater in Breath of the Wild too, even if it's in a capacity similar to like Ocarina of Time, where you equipped the steel boots and you can just go underwater. I I'm surprised that that didn't actually happen in Breath of the Wild, to be honest. Yeah. Um. I. You know. I I think that. Uh, I think that it will happen, and I'm looking forward to it, actually, because I think that Zelda has a pretty decent track record of swimming underwater. Like, I think it worked really well in Majora's Mask. I think it worked well in Skyward Sword. Um, Even Oracle of Ages, which I'm playing right now, I I think that it works decently well. So, yeah, I I think that this should happen. I think it probably will happen. Uh, I think it'll definitely happen to some extent. It's just what extent that will be. But, um, yeah, I'd be all for that. I think they've done well in the past with this. So I would be surprised if this didn't come to fruition. It just seemed odd that they didn't have any underwater swimming in Breath of the Wild. It's just, it's such a staple, not only for Zelda games, but for video games in general. It just felt weird. So (laughs) I can totally see them. Which is funny. 
Like, remember, yeah, it's weird. Remember there was that screenshot of all the coral and stuff like that from yeah. underwater, but you never actually got to see it? Yeah, exactly. Like, it looked like they tried. Um, maybe that was part of their issues they were having with development, and they just decided they had to scrap it for other things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could, I could totally see that. I think it's... I think that says that it, that is something that they were aiming towards for Breath of the Wild, but for whatever reason didn't make it. I, I have to imagine that it's going to be in Breath of the Wild too. Yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, here's a brain teaser for you, Al. Andrew asks, which Zelda question has the best menu screens? So we're talking like in the game, pause the game, here's the menu. Yeah. Okay. I really like Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask from Nintendo 64. I like the original. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Yeah, it's just, it, I I also like Wind Waker uh, HD. But, like, something about that, like, block that you're, you're in and it just, the sound it makes when it's going around and the sound that you hear when you're, like, pinging all over your items. It's just, it's, it's iconic Zelda to me for some reason. And I like it a lot. Uh, yeah, I do too. Uh, it's simple. It's charming. Breath of the Wild is too much. Like there's there's too many screens, and it can take you forever to get to where you're going. Um, the the link to, like the SNES ones, Link to the Past. Uh, the, I said SNES ones. I I kind of mean like the 2D ones, uh, Link's Awakening, Oracles. They they're just like very plain. Um, yeah. And also, you have to press a different button to get to your map, which is kind of annoying. So those ones are out. Uh, we got to give a shout out to Twilight Princess, which has the worst menu where you just have that stupid wheel, uh, which is, ugh. So yeah, I think by default, really, it's Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask. Yeah, I mean, I like I said, I like Wind Waker HD. Also, there's like a maximum of two screens. Uh, the items look really cool and you just kind of drag them to your uh, item button and... Um, and then you just click on the map to look at the map. I And it, it utilizes the gamepad really well. So that's probably why I like that one a lot too. But it's just there's something so so uh, nostalgic and Zelda feeling about those N64 menu screens. Yeah, agree. Um, all right, Brandon asks, which location in the Zelda series would be your relaxation spot? Well, Allison, we all know what yours is. Take it away. <laughs> I <laughs> Satori Mountain, like anywhere on Satori Mountain, would be my relaxation spot. You know, they got that really cool cherry blossom tree where the king of the mountain is. But like, there's some cool camping spots. Uh, you got the mushroom glen that you can be in, or there's the herb garden that you could camp out in. I would just like, I would love to live on that mountain. That's that's just where I would go. Uh, man, didn't see that one coming. What did you think I was going to say? I thought you were going to say Satori Mountain. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Kokiri Forest. I would love to hang out in there. Uh, it seems so whimsical, so charming. Um, seems like a great place. Uh, you know, it's... That was the first Zelda place I ever saw as a kid. It was my first Zelda game, Ocarina of Time. And it always stuck with me. I can, you know, I I love the theme. Even though we're probably not hearing theme music in this hypothetical situation. But, uh, yeah, I would say Kokiri Forest. It just seems like a a chill place. Yeah, it does. I I like that answer. It's Yeah, it does have good music and 
you just pretend that you hear it in your head <laughs> when you live there. And I like their little tree houses. They're so cute and fun. Yes. Yeah, just just enough danger too. You got the maze if you if you're feeling rowdy. Uh, you got the great Deku tree. You know, you can go listen to a story. Hey yeah, guys, I'm bored. I'm gonna place. go. I'm gonna go in the Lost Woods to kill some time. Hey, it's if it's good enough for Skull Kid, it's probably good enough for me. Um, let's let's keep going. Brittany asks, which Zelda inspired game is your favorite? I have a lot of Zelda inspired games that I really like. Um. Blossom Tales definitely comes to mind. That one, I think, really, really nailed 2D Zelda. It, it really was like a love letter to to the Zeldas of old, but they uh, they made it, uh, I don't know, accessible enough for, for modern players. Like, you have your dedicated sword button and everything like that. Really clever dungeons. Um, love Okami. Uh, definitely love Okami, although I think it goes on for a bit too long. Um... God, I, I feel like there is just like a ton of really good Zelda games that I that I like a lot. I mean, Star Fox Adventures is a great one. Uh, yeah, almost too many to nail down. So maybe I'll just stop and say Blossom Tales, and I'll I'll leave it at that. Yeah, I think my first one that came to mind was also Blossom Tales. It just gives me such um, a link to the past uh, vibes. So I, I did really enjoy that one too. I um I started Okami, but I never finished it, and I do like it. Um, I just never got into finishing it, and I I honestly I feel like I've played a lot of really short indie Zelda inspired games. I just can't remember the names of them. Um, but I also like uh this this might I'm just gonna cheat again. This is a more Zelda-like game, not inspired by Zelda, but I feel like Judy would appreciate this answer. But Skyrim, I love Skyrim, <laughs> and oh that's more—that's more, more Zelda-like. It's not inspired by Zelda, but I—I I really like that game, and it gives me Zelda feels every time. So, Un- unbelievable! You're cheating all over the place here. I do what I want. <laughs> oh my, uh, yeah, Skyrim would be would be a good answer if you. If you're going backwards and you like a game that is uh, inspired Breath of the Wild, let's just say. Yeah, there you um, go. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a good answer. Um, okay, Brandon has a big question, a big can of worms here, and we've kind of touched on this before, but let's just uh, let's do it again. He asks, what change would you most like to see from a hypothetical Skyward Sword HD? And I'm going to take the ball on this one first here, Allison. Go for it. I think that the change that is absolutely critical to this game's success is to make motion controls optional. Um, I I think that you have to do that. And I'm not even necessarily saying that I want to play the game with optional motion controls. I like the motion controls, but there are so many people that motion controls is just a dirty word. They hear it and they're (laughs) just like, nope, not for me. I think that you have to make this optional in order for this game to perform the way that it deserves to perform uh and you know what you know some people just generally had a hard time with the motion controls they don't want to do that and i respect that um so i think that this is also like from a marketing perspective i think that it makes sense to have optional motion controls but even from like a gameplay perspective you know what motion controls isn't for everybody uh sometimes it can be kind of a pain in the ass to do so just make it optional and, uh, you know, maybe maybe you'll win some of those fans back and, and people will finally kind of come around to 
Skyward Sword. I think it's always going to be divisive to a certain extent, but man, you take motion controls away, and I think that you've really alleviated a lot of that pressure on Skyward Sword. Yeah, I I also agree with this. I didn't at first. I was just kind of like, how can you enjoy Skyward Sword without the motion controls? That's just what it's all about. But, you know, I've learned recently about mobility issues that people have, and they really want to play Skyward Sword, but they can't because of the motion controls. And I want those people to be able to experience um, experience this game. So, like, I, I'm also down for them making it optional. And you know, it, it would just give the give the game a bigger fan base, I feel. Um, but my change, I feel uh, we need some better teleportation, fast travel. Um, yes. I, I, like, I mean, I like the when you go to a pillar of light and you can kind of go to whatever bird statue you've unlocked. I like that. But my problem is going back and forth to the Isle of Songs, um, going back and forth to Skyloft. If you could at least get some fast travel to those two ma- major locations because you visit them so often, I I would appreciate that. You know, you can kind of leave all the other outlier um, islands in the sky. You don't really need fast travel to them. You, that would give you your opportunity to make you use the use the Skyloft like they or the Skyloft the bird like they said or they wanted. You know, um, but. Uh, just to those two major locations, I get really sick of flying back and forth to the Isle of Songs. So I would appreciate that change. I think it would be huge for that game. I would be stunned if Nintendo released Skyward Sword HD and you couldn't just immediately fast travel anywhere to any owl statue. You just, you open your menu and it basically works like Shrines did in Breath of the Wild and you can go to the owl statue and and Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, that would be cool. I, I think that that's that would have probably been my second answer, and like I I would be stunned if they did not do that because that that takes away. I know a lot of people complain about the pacing of Skyward Sword. I think that really helps with uh, with that issue is just having fast travel. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? I'm I'm gonna cheat. I'm gonna cheat here too, Elsa. I'm gonna give yes, do it. It's just we're both cheaters uh, here. <laughs> take take away the dialogue. You know, we, we know what this what this rupee is. We've picked it up like a hundred times oh. before. We know what this seed is. Uh, you know, they're obviously not going to have the batteries running low notification. But like, just take away all that. You know, yeah. Like, I think a lot of people hate Fee because she she's the she's kind of the bearer of bad news. Where it's like, hey, your batteries are running out, or hey, great, <laughs> you've collected this again. Um, so the Nintendo kind of set her up to fail. But yeah, take away that dialogue. We don't need to hear like what loot we've picked up when we have picked it up multiple, multiple, multiple times before. Um, and, and these are easy fixes that you can do. Fast travel and just taking away that that excess dialogue, uh, that's an easy fix. But I, I think that that would just like really improve and really streamline the experience a lot. Yeah, I mean, they could totally do that too. That's a really good one. I didn't think about that. But like in Breath of the Wild, there's so much crap that you can collect. And all they do is like have a little blip on the side of the screen that says, hey, you picked up a Bogoblin horn or whatever. So I they could totally do that. And that would make, that would be really nice. I think another thing I thought of when you were saying that is to make cutscenes skippable in regular mode. Yeah, yeah, okay. You, you know, can't... I I don't know if that's going to be a big deal for a lot of people, but I understand why you're saying that. Yeah. Well, you can't do it without, unless you're in hero mode, and then by then you've died a million times, so it's like you've watched this, the cutscenes because of how much right. time you're dying. <laughs> but, 
But yeah, so those are some good solid fixes, I think. And they're easy. They're yeah, easy, easy fixes. fixes. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I would I would be stunned if if uh, you know what? I do think that we're gonna get Skyward Sword HD. I do, and I would be stunned if these changes weren't in the game. I, I think if these like, and, and I'm not talking about the motion control changes, but just the the fast travel and the items and stuff like that. I think if those changes weren't in Skyward Sword HD, oof, that would yeah. be uh, that would be tough. I think to, to try and sell people on you know, jumping back in here. But I think they will be, you know, you know, Nintendo was, was cognizant enough to realize when they released Wind Waker HD, like, Hey, a lot of people really hate sailing. So let's just throw this swift sail in and kind of make that experience a little bit better. Um, I think that, I think they have to do the same thing with Skyward Sword. The, the mo the optional motion controls. I I don't know if they would do that or not, but these other things like, yeah, I, I think you have to, you have to, that's a good example of a of a remake or a port or whatever being in development long enough to have the good changes versus you know Twilight Princess AD, HD, which didn't feel like it had any changes at all. Yeah, yeah, uh, really. Uh, maybe if they're really feeling ambitious, they could axe the second in prison fight too. Just <laughs> get it out, cut it right out. Okay. I, well, let's not go crazy. <laughs> I, I somehow don't see that happening. Right. Uh, okay. Let's let's keep going here. Uh, Samantha asks, uh, should Zelda have more stealth missions? Yes. I love, I love stealth missions. I love stealth gameplay. Um, I think when they're done correctly, they're super fun. I think of like, you know, the Gerudo training grounds, uh, the pirate fortress, uh, the classic like castle sneaking sequences, uh, even in Link Between Worlds when you're getting to the dark palace. I think that, I think that they're really fun. I, I love me a good stealth mission. Uh, I think that they really add to the experience. Um, yeah, I'm all about them. I love them. I, yeah, I agree. Um, it's kind of funny because you don't ever think about Zelda having that much stealth. It's like not one of the things that comes to mind, but it really does have a lot. Um, I really enjoyed the the challenge of the Yiga clan hideout. I really, um, I mean, now that I speedrun the game, it's not really a stealth anymore. It's just like, just use this pattern to get by them without getting noticed. But I, when I first played it, it was such a challenge for me. I couldn't, I died or got captured so many times and it was frustrating, but I loved it. And I was like, Ooh, I have to be really smart with these guys, even though they're kind of dumb and blumbery, but like, <laughs> I, I loved that. And I, I definitely want more of that in breath of the wild two or in future games. That was, that was a, a big one for me. So Bring it on. I like the still stuff. Yeah, I, I love it. And I, I'm sure that I'm sure that we have more coming because it's like a staple of Zelda at this point. Yeah, I would agree too. Like, and like I said, it's not something you think about, but it is in basically every Zelda game. It has some sort of stealth in it. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, let's, uh, let's keep going. Ryan asks, what is your favorite final boss in the Zelda series? Man, this is uh this is a tough one because there's a couple uh contenders I feel like that would be that would be near the top for me. Does anything stick out to you, Al? I it's so hard to pick. I I feel Ganondorf Ocarina of Time probably takes the cake, but there's so many that are so close, like Ganondorf Twilight Princess. I really like the Ugandan fight in the Link Between Worlds with the double tennis. 
I also really mm-hmm. like Demise, but I just feel like Ganondorf from Ocarina of Time is just so iconic, so poster boy Zelda for me that it just gets me, it gives me goosebumps every time, even now just talking about it. So I feel like I have to go with that one. Yeah, you know, that that's my answer too, but I, I'm with you. It's like there there are a lot of other contenders, I feel like, to to this throne that I feel like we should acknowledge. Um like Ganon, Twilight Princess, that whole sequence is is fantastic. You know, I think without the fierce deity mask, uh Majora's mask is is a strong contender, but with it you can just cheese him in like two seconds and you know, he folds like origami, so maybe not him. <laughs> um, I think Vadi from Minish Cap is a great final boss. That's a that's an awesome boss fight. Um, yeah, you know, uh, Uganon is really good. I don't know. He might not be at the top, but Demise certainly would be. Um, lots of contenders, but yeah. I mean, it, it's got to be Ganondorf from Ocarina of Time, right? Like, that's just the... That's a that's a fantastic final boss fight. Although yeah, I'm I'm gonna give a shout out to the Wind Waker too because I feel like I've been taking shots at it. But that fight with Ganondorf at the end is thematically fantastic. The music is great. The the water crashing around you is great. That's another really uh, fantastic boss fight as well. Even though the game the gameplay might not stack up, but I think that the setting is really fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I- really tough to choose from. I actually, I like that Wind Waker one too. It's interesting because you can tell that Link from Wind Waker, you're no match for this Ganondorf, but you kind of outsmart him, which is cool. Versus like a lot of your other final boss fights, you feel more of a match for these boss fights. But I feel like Little Link is not a match for this guy at all. You just kind of, you got to, you know, outsmart the guy instead of beat him by force. And I like that, yeah. Um, Definitely not uh on our list of favorite final bosses are breath of the wild and uh an old bellum from phantom hourglass <laughs> or faces <Yeah>. of evil <laughs> ganon you know faces of evil <laughs> oh yeah i i will actually give a shout out to spirit tracks i think the demon train fight is really fun i wouldn't say it's my favorite but it is a really fun boss fight so okay, fair enough but specifically the demon train part um all right let's keep going Alex asks, what Zelda character has the most wasted potential? What do you what do you think about this, Al? I think this is an easy uh I think this is an easy answer that we both might have the same answer for. Oh, okay, go ahead. Is it Tingle? Are you gonna say Tingle? <laughs> no, I'm not gonna say Tingle. Because I think my man is actually he he's got I mean he's got three games of his own. I think they've done right by Tingle, actually. Yeah, but the thing is that he may have three games of his own, but how many people have played those games? Well, Let's... you know what? I, I feel like that's a different conversation where that's... It's not the character that has the wasted potential, but it's the game that has the wasted potential. We're like, why isn't this available to people in North America, right? Like, it's it should be. I just feel like there, there was no reason not like to not have tingle in breath of the wild like he could have been there so easily and they did our man dirty and he wasn't there and i just i feel like there's so much more that we can see from him in at least the main series like yeah he's got his own little series and that's fantastic but in the main series he's he's not used to his full potential i feel it would be so easy to have him in the breath of the wild series but we don't see him and it disappoints me uh yeah i don't know so so my interpretation of this question is like 
which character actually did show up, but then they didn't do anything with that character. So that's kind of where uh, I'm coming from. Okay, with it. So that's fair. I have a I have a different answer here. Okay. And I'm I'm kind of scraping the the bottom of the barrel here because I I feel like I feel like I've got two answers, but um I'll get I'll just give them both. I'm gonna cheat. I'm gonna pull the the Aletha here and just cheat. <laughs> uh, so my first answer is Naboru from Ocarina of Time. Oh, fair. Yep, she, I knew that one. She should have showed up, I feel like, at the beginning of the game in just some capacity. Uh, by the time that you meet her, you're you're almost done Ocarina of Time, and you don't you just don't get to have that same connection with her that you do for the rest of the uh, of the sages because they you know they've been with you for this whole adventure. You know, Soraya, uh, Ruta, uh, all all of them have been there throughout this whole thing. So Nuboru kind of comes in a bit late, um, and we don't you know we we do get to know her motivations and stuff like that, but only because she tells us not because she shows us you know what i'm saying um so that's that's my answer number one answer number two is the resistance from twilight princess and we talked about this a couple weeks ago actually uh you know what they it it was a cool idea actually it like really good in theory but execution they were just kind of there um they didn't really do a whole lot we didn't get to know any of them very much and uh they did show up for one throwaway cutscene at the end but I think that there is a lot more that you could have done with the resistance. Yeah. So there there was the, those are my two answers. That's fair. And you know what? With your interpretation, I'll 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 change my answer. And this one's easy. Uh Aster. Aster like gets yeah. nothing. Like he is so worthless. And it sucked because he was so hyped up from all of our speculation on the show, in the community, everybody was posting pictures. They're like, look at his, he's got Gerudo stuff on his back. He's got a headdress that looks like Ganon's eye. You know, it. he was so hyped up and there was nothing about him. They're like, li- we literally knew nothing. And that was a huge disappointment and that was a lot of wasted potential. Yeah. Yep, great answer. That's a, that's a great answer. Um, all right, we got time for a couple more here, so let's keep going. Um, and I'm going to cherry pick some of the top performing daily debates from last year. But Heather asks, what is your preferred Divine Beast route in Breath of the Wild? Allison, what say you? Um, I, I have, I'll, I'll go with my speedrunning route. I like uh, to go with um, Meadow. I was trying to think of the name for a second there. Meadow, Naboris, Ruta, and then uh, Rudania. Rudania. <laughs> I, I couldn't think of the names for a second there, but I can. I always mess up Rudania's name. Always, yeah. always, and forever. Or Rudania, or however uh, it's said in the game. But th- that's my route right. for speed running. Um, h- otherwise, I might do Naboris last, just because it's a little toughy if I was doing it casual. But that's the definite best speed running route. Right, so so I do my divine beast route um, in terms of the abilities that you get, right, and how useful they are. So I'll always start with Meadow because I feel like Rivali's Gale is is a must, right. Um, and then swing over to uh, Ruta for Mifa's Grace, and then uh, Radanya for protection, and then I'll finish it up with um, Naboris because as as great as uh, Urbosa's Fury is, I feel like it's probably the least like crucial gameplay wise, mm-hmm. um, because the like the Gale especially and Mifa's Grace really come in handy at the beginning of the game. Even Druk's protection isn't as handy. Kind of by the time that you get there, you should be you should be you know powered enough that you're not 
dying in one hit to a lot of other things. But yeah, I, I base mine off of the um, the abilities that you get from them. Yeah, so that's my rope. One hundred percent fair. I I'm totally I totally understand that. And like I said, when I play casually, that's that sounds like the route I would go. Just because, like you said, meadow always has to be first, just because of Rivali's Gale. It's just so useful yeah. when you like don't have a lot of teleportation places to glide off of. You just need to climb things. So that's probably a first for a lot of people. Yep, absolutely. Um, all right, let's keep it going. Heather, uh, Heather was full of of great questions here. Um, she asked, and I'm going to amend this question. Oh, I'm sorry. This is Charles who asked this. I'm going to amend this question. Was Breath of the Wild 2 likely to release in 2020, if not for the pandemic that occurred? And this is a great question because I know our fearless leader, Mossies, was adamant that Breath of the Wild 2 released in 2020. Um, obviously, what happened in the world changed that. I don't know. I I think that before everything, it was probably going to be, uh, it was probably going to be coming out in about a month's time, actually, from right now when we're listening. And obviously, that's not the case anymore. But I could have definitely seen that. I could have definitely seen that happening. Yeah, but maybe um, not because age, if, if if Age of Calamity was always the holiday game, then is that too much Zelda back to back, or was Age of Calamity the holiday game, and then maybe? Uh, Breath of the Wild 2 was holiday 2021. I don't know. I do remember what I had like these uh, like contingencies if I thought it was going to come out in 2020. And it was if we are going to hear about it before E3 of 2020, it was going to come out right. for holiday of 2020. Yeah. Um, but then we never heard anything and then E3 didn't happen and then, you know, so obviously the world changed, but that was my that was my theory. If we got it in the in the direct that came before E3 in like February, then, yeah. Yeah, then I was certain it was coming out in 2020, but at any time after that it was coming out in 2021. Now I have no idea. Like I have no clue. <laughs> and, and it's important to note too that we we didn't get that February direct, and and that was really before everything that happened really picked up steam in right. the world. So yeah, it's it's actually pro you're probably right. It's probably unlikely that that was coming out in 2021 or 2020. God, not 2021. You can tell. <laughs> what the, year is it? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, all right, let's. Let's end on a fantastic daily debate question that I absolutely love. This one, actually, we made the top six daily debates from the last year, and I included it because this is number six, and it just tickled me. The question <laughs> is, is the official timeline absolutely worthless? You know what? To me, personally, I I hate that the timeline exists. I, I just think it's like, who cares? You know, like, who cares what the sequence of events is? Does it matter? Does it inform? Like, if you've seen, if you've been in any Zelda game, does does the events of the past Zelda game really inform the the current events of your Zelda game? And the answer is no, with the with the exception of direct sequels, so like Majora's Mask or Phantom Hourglass. But then we know that those games come after the fact of the game that preceded them. In that case, Ocarina of Time or The Wind Waker. So like. Yeah, I just I think it's a whole ado about nothing. Um, to me, it's not very important. But I will maybe give this caveat where I don't think it's worthless because I know that there's a lot of people out there that do love this kind of stuff. I just like 
who cares? You know, like for <laughs> me, it's like, I don't care if spirit tracks happen before or after twilight princess. Those games have nothing to do with each other other than they have the, a different version of Zelda and a different version of the hero. I don't, I, I, I just, I don't care. I don't care. It's the legend of Zelda. The thing's a legend for God's sakes. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. That's totally fair. I just, I, from a lore standpoint, you know, from somebody who likes to, you know, look at the lore, see how certain events have created the, this, like, history of Hyrule, you know, uh, it, it's just, I like it. It kind of gives me, like, this feel that any choice or decision that was made in the Zelda series, even though I know it's like kind of forced upon you, you don't get to make the choices. They're just made, you know, created these three timelines. That's so cool to me. So like, I, I understand that, that you don't like it and that some people don't like it because it does seem like they kind of pulled it out of thin air and we're just trying to make some people happy um, in a rush. It does feel like that, but at the same time, it kind of gives people something else to think about than, oh, this is like a direct sequel, so obviously the events from the past game help the events from this game, but you can kind of be like, well, I'm in the fallen um, hero timeline or whatever, so this all spurned from, like, you know, Link not making it against Ganondorf in Ocarina of Time. I just kind of like that thought. Is it really that important to me? No, not really. It's just a cool thing to think about, you know, when I'm just mindlessly playing a game or doing work and I'm just like, uh, oh, that's kind of cool that I'm sure that, yeah. that I have this this uh, this avenue to think about. So it's not worthless. Is it really necessary? No, not really. But I like it. Hey, you know what? I, I'm going to clarify that, too, because I like I love learning the lore of Hyrule. Mm. I love reading about things that have happened. I love kind of peeling back the layers of this world. And like, I do like, you know, like what's the secret behind this location of breath of the wild? Like what, what used to be here? Like what's up with this ancient guardian temple that has like a million guardians inside? Like what, what used to be here? Right. Like right. I do like that kind of stuff, but at the same time, I'm just like, it, it doesn't bother me that the Rito and the Zora exist at the same time in breath of the wild. Like, like who cares? Right. Like it's, yeah, that's, that's you know, a fair we, point. We were talking about the Anuki and the, the ancient robots at the beginning of the show. Um, I don't need a reason for them to come back. Like, I just, it, like, I, I don't need really a lore reason for that to happen. If if it exists, then that's fine. And if it doesn't, then okay. But, I yeah, I, I feel like it's not, it's not worthless. But if you're so bound by it and you're so focused on it... It can bog down the type of stories that you can tell, the type of things that you can do. And, um, you know, I, I just, I guess what I'm saying is like, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that much to me where like, I, I feel like the series has to be constricted to what is allowed in the timeline. Does that make sense? Yeah, that, I get that 100%. Uh, well, I feel like that's probably as good of a daily debate question to end off on as any of them, because I feel like that's a hot topic issue. And I feel like maybe uh, a lot of people out there probably don't agree with me on that, but that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Um, well, that being said, Al, any, any final thoughts you, you want to say before we, we get out of here? Um, no, not particularly, but we do get these questions from, you know, the writers of the website and they go up on the site every single day. So if you want to give your two cents on questions like these on a daily basis, just head on over to zeldadungeon.net and you'll be able to see these questions every single day. 
spoken like a true champion. God, you're you're getting as good as shilling as I am. I know, right? I'm learning from the best. I'm so proud. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, well, that's going to do it for us. Next week, Oracle of Ages retrospective. The week after, ranking the dungeons of Oracle of Seasons. Looking forward to that. It's going to be really, really fun. This is the first time Allison's ever played Oracle of Ages. It's been a couple of years yes, for me. So, I'm excited. Uh, really looking forward to that conversation. And uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, so until then, everybody, we're going to get out of here. But we do want you to check us out over on Podbean, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. Like and subscribe. And check us out over on Twitter. I am at Spateri316. And Allison is at Allison Aletha. We're out. We'll see you guys next week for some Oracle of Ages action. Until then, everyone, take care.